Welcome everyone to Almost Cancelled, the TV News Podcast. I am Peter and joining me as always is Connor. Yeah, yeah, I guess I am. Also, Firefly's on my lap, changing positions like five times in the last 30 seconds, so I'm dealing with that. That's going on. This is a TV podcast, everyone. We talk about pilots, we talk about renewals, cancellations, you know, series orders, that kind of thing. Anything that's going on that's of some interest, if you're a relatively nerdy TV viewer. Or TV viewer with good taste. Yeah. Or has become the tradition just make fun of the more normal shows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that is uh, what we're going to get to. And I actually, I was expecting a quiet week. It's actually, like, there's not only big news, but there's a lot of things. Uh, it's that period where we've had the Thanksgiving break. They get all the, the stuff out now before the Christmas break. I suppose that's where we're at. But uh, we'll, right. we'll, we'll kick off with the renewals and cancellations as per usual. Uh, and starting off this week, we have a renewal for Surface from Apple. This is for season two. This is Gugu Mabatha Raw's show. Uh, but it's got a renewal, so very good. I've not seen it, but I did just get a new TV, which has given me like six months of Apple. So guess I'm back on the Apple. I think mine just ran out after a year and a half. It took a long time. Yeah, yeah, but it did eventually run out. Uh, yeah, this is the one where she's got amnesia. She's got memory loss. Oh, yeah, and uh, you know, so uh, cool. So I got renewed. Uh, as did Tulsa King at Paramount Plus. This is the Sylvester Stallone crime show. Oh yeah, I remember it being marketed pretty heavily, but then I didn't see anyone actually talking about it. It's from the same guy who does a uh, Yellowstone. Uh, as far as I know, it's not part of the Yellowstone television universe but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm blank on his name but um i'm sure i've seen tyler sheridan taylor sheridan taylor sheridan oh, um i don't want really to seen some movies of his that i liked so yeah. stunning insight there uh <laughs> Well, I just, yeah, I haven't seen the show, and I'm assuming neither of you. You, you just sort of pittered out a bit there at the end. No, I've, just, I've seen some movies of his alive, so, you know, I mean, it's probably all right. Uh, I was looking for quite, I was, I was just, it's, it's been renewed. Sylvester Stallone's got another year of a steady paycheck. Congratulations. Uh, I'm pretty sure he can get a paycheck anytime he wants. Probably. He's done, he's done better than some of the action stars as far as, like, keeping his name fairly in high caliber. I think it helps that he's relatively speaking proficient behind the camera as well right and probably. you know and other in other roles in that so he's probably a bit more versatile that's that's probably true uh cancellations netflix cancelled the midnight club after one season this was flanagan's new show that debuted in october yes but how much of that was a cancellation how much of that is to do with things that we'll be talking about later i assume um well, I didn't actually put it in late. I was just going to bring it up now. But uh, oh. yeah, you know, Flanagan and his partner have signed a new deal with Amazon and they'll be going there. But what struck me about this? One, it's another show cancelled by Netflix but who seemed to be on a cancelling spree this last year and two years in that yeah. realm. But what got me about this is that the day this show premiered, I saw a tweet from Flanagan asking the audience if they were seeing the show pop up on their homepage. Which felt like a weird thing to see from a showrunner on the day of a show's release. Like, he's double-checking that 
like it came out <laughs> well not even well not so much that it came out that they're pushing it on the main page like i, I think he knew it was out like, you could find it yeah. if you search for it but is it being pushed to the audience you know is it like today's new thing here at the top of the page for the next week should say you think the uh the lack of that push is kind of what's pushed him towards amazon potentially I, i'm not saying it's the sole reason but i, I, I can't imagine it helped <laughs> yeah yeah which is strange because obviously He's had a pretty good relationship with Netflix for, for like five or six years at this He's point. He's made a couple of shows with them. He's done at least one movie with them, uh, Gerald's Game. And yeah, I feel like he's done a couple of movies that I, I'm. I feel like I've seen one or two that I've been on there. I don't. Of... Well, he did host, but and that did go to Netflix. Mm. I don't know if that was made with Netflix, so that may have been like a sort of hindsight kind of deal. But yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, but he obviously did the the, the Hunt in the Hell House. He did. He kind of produced the sequel se- season to that, but not. There wasn't a season two per se. It was you know kind of a, a new story. But uh, yeah, and you had a uh, Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass, which was just last year, and everyone was you know talking about it. I, I really like it. This came out. Uh, it, there was some people talking about it. People who were keeping it, you know, to pay pay attention because they like Mike Flanagan. But it didn't quite maybe crack the zeitgeist in the same way, and. You know, uh, and what's notable is the day this news came out, Flanagan went on Twitter and posted a link to his Tumblr and said, "Here, here's here's the the game plan for season two. That it's not going to happen now. Here's here's all the information, all the things we set up that aren't going to get answered. Here's all the answers." Uh, which I respect that. I mean, it's definitely like, yeah, it's not happening now, and it it does the whole thing. Like, even if they're never going to say anything publicly, it does maybe feel that this relationship somewhere soured for whatever reason. Yeah, it definitely has that vibe to it. And uh, if he's asking, like, it's I don't know where it started because you you say he was asking that on the the day it came out as to whether or not it was on the on the front page. Was that Netflix were not pushing it because he was already in talks with Amazon and they didn't want to boost his profile anymore to give that that you know a rival that cred, or was it, or did he leave because of Netflix weren't? pushing it you know promoting it properly like it's really hard to say where it started it's hard well i mean again i don't think that's the only factor i've got a feeling that netflix cancelling a lot of shows might have something to like you know maybe there's a, that, a, that a general model is clearly yeah yeah there's a general unsafe feeling about uh you know planning out things for netflix um you know, because the trend over the last two years has just been to cancel things. You know, whether they're season ones, things that just got a season two after a, a break, um, and things, things still see more often than not tend to get a season two, and it's after that things get a bit riskier. M- more often than not, not exclusively. Yeah. Clearly. Well, I was curious today because I actually looked up. I don't have it up just now, but I looked up. I just googled like what did Netflix cancel in twenty twenty two, and mm. there was like seventeen like notable things. Uh, cancelled and it's almost as much as last year but there's still another month left so <laughs> like they might, they're, they're still top last they, year's they, they can top it yeah yeah uh basically ever since the pandemic hit, it feels like there've been a lot more uh cut, cut i don't think it's the pandemic's fault i know the pandemic was directly responsible with a couple of them but i think it's more just that that's coincided with other if I, I've, I've got a an interesting thing later related to competition in the streaming space which we'll get to yeah there's but. obviously that we'll talk about that in there but even aside from that they've obviously been they've been in debt for years because that's been their their approach has been yeah. borrow money to make shows and we'll get it back later and it's clearly not working out that well and they've started to realize that hence you know we've had the introduction of the the ad 
uh, the ad support plan recently. I think, you know, them being a bit more frugal with their shows is just a natural extension of, of their current business model. Yeah, but then there's, of course, the idea that they're so frugal that no one will trust them to ever make a season two and will not invest anything in any of their shows. Yeah, it's a catch-22, <laughs> isn't it? So, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, like, you know, it's like, obviously, they, they, they're still spending a shit ton on Stranger Things, but Stranger Things was such a breakout hit that it's guaranteed to get its ending. But most shows don't have that luxury. Most shows have to find their audience and... You know, and we we can go back to talking about sh how shows should be weekly because it gains more of an audience over time, all those other things. But fundamentally, you know, we've talked a lot every couple of episodes. It feels like this year about a new development, and the, they may go weekly, or they may change their release schedule, or they're disappointed it's... that things aren't getting enough numbers on the first weekend, and anything past that first weekend is meaningless to them. It's it's so tough because we want things weekly. Obviously, I think. Internally, Netflix probably wants it weekly, just from a monetary perspective, because, hey, if someone's only interested in one show and it's 10 episodes, you can lock them in for three months. Yeah, they right? may wait just, until just the like end that. to binge it, but... That's, that's always a possibility. But yeah. that, that's but... them... That's them, like... You're, you're paying the premium to get the episodes brand new, effectively, yes, at that point. But that's, that's the case on any service. But I think the problem that Netflix have is they're branding that you know and not intentional branding but the netflix model you know they, they kind of popularized binge they definitely didn't introduce it but they popularized binge culture. i don't think it matters i think the fact that almost every other service has either just started out weekly or made the switch to being mostly weekly i think no one like yes there'll be a certain group of people who are always going to complain online because they prefer binge and don't understand why anyone wants it weekly that's always going to be there but I think, by and large, the world as a whole will shrug and say, okay. <laughs> I, I suspect you're right. <laughs> but I imagine there are people in that Netflix boardroom who are terrified of making that jump because what if they alienate their core audience? That's why That's why they do it with uh, something that's guaranteed. Uh, I, I think that's why you do it with Stranger Things Season 5. I, I think you do it with something so big that people care about so much that they're going to, keep, think, they're going to stick around for it anyway. I think it's really notable that the first thing I can think of that Amazon experimented with, because obviously, you know, you know, not so long ago, Amazon were also the, the Netflix model of here's everything at once. Mm -hmm. um, the very first thing I think they experimented with it with in a in a higher profile was uh, the Grand Tour, which you know the the, the 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 Top Gear continuation essentially, and because they knew it would have a pretty hefty audience that they were bringing in with it, they felt confident enough to try it. And like I was saying, you know, you, you do it with that. That thing that's a big guaranteed hit that people are going to come for no matter what. And just see, you know, if, if you notice a drop in where your expectations are, okay, you've miscalculated. Yeah. Cle clearly, every other service has gone, well, this hasn't miscalculated. This has paid off for us. Yeah. Uh, it's better in just about every way, except yep. for the fact that for some people who like to binge, that they, they're annoyed they have to wait. But the, the beautiful thing about the weekly model is that you can still wait and binge it if you want, uh, but this pressure to have to rush through a show because you don't want it spoiled um, is, I think, is, is a detriment to shows. And as a content creator who makes reviews for things, having to race to review the damn thing while people still care about talking about it 
is honestly painful. I just finished 1899 and I enjoyed the season. You know, I had some flaws, but there was a lot of good stuff to talk about. But it was a bit of, you know, the last couple of episodes, it was like, oh god, I need to get these out soon, as quickly as possible, because, like, the view count is dwindling every, like, hour idly, <laughs> pretty much. That's a certain point. Much, yeah. um, and like I said, pe- people have that control, so like, uh, Paige doesn't like watching things weekly, because she loses, you know, she- she'll watch, like, two or three weeks, and then she'll fall behind, and mm. it'll be like, ah, oh, now it's a chore to catch back up. So she tends to just, maybe she'll watch the first episode to see, when it comes out, but other than that, she'll tend to just wait and binge the whole, you know, a season at a time. Maybe, maybe sometimes even two or three, but usually, yeah. you know, a season. And, I, and you have that choice, but I, yeah. I think the, the the big thing is that I've said I've I've seen someone cynically say, "Why don't you just agree with a bunch of friends to all watch a show at the same pace so you can talk it and have the conversation thing?" And it's like, yeah, but that's like, like. It's trying time to, for the fact that people have lives. Yeah, tr- trying to organize a group of people to commit to that and stick to it when they have other commitments and schedules. The great thing about Wheatley TV is that it takes all of the frustration of doing that away and just makes it the natural course of events. And that's the way it worked for a long time. <laughs> and it still yeah. works better. <laughs> so here we are. It works better, I think, for the audience as a whole. Even if individual people don't pr- prefer it, it works better for the audience as a whole because it can grow the audience. The word of mouth can make people want to catch up. Um, they can see the numbers of a show grow up over the course of its 10 episodes or whatever. Like, I know I know you don't care for the show, but can you imagine if Game of Thrones had been like a binge, like season, not like Netflix model of season at a time? That would not have been the cultural juggernaut that it, that it, that it is. No, no. And honestly, I, I think they're about to have a hit with Last of Us. And I, I think the fact that that's going to be weekly for nine weeks is going to help that show. Probably. Like, yeah, you know, we, we've seen it with, I think the, uh, the Disney Plus shows have been a real strong example. Like, you know, going back to, you know, Mandalorian season one, mm. the way that everyone was talking about that for the first, you know, what was it, like three months, give or take? I think, I think it was something like that. Yeah. That was the only thing anyone was talking about every week. And I'll, I'll bring up the example again. This last season of Stranger Things, they split those last two episodes away. Not for these reasons necessarily, but the simple fact was, is that wait between episodes seven and eight, because there was a month between it and people had a chance to think about it and be excited for the ending, made those last two episodes feel really special. You can have that every single week. It's not that complicated, Netflix. Every <laughs> the TV week. industry figured this out decades ago. Oh, dear. Anyway. <laughs> Bye. But then they have to cancel all their goddamn shows because nothing's yeah. no, nothing's doing the insane numbers they want it to. And here we are. Um, we'll come back to that a bit. Uh, here's a, a sad one. So I know that I care about the show necessarily because I watched the pilot and it was kind of ungood. Uh, but Moonhaven, right, has been cancelled at AMC. Technically AMC+. Plus. Uh, it's in the future. There's like a colony on the moon. Earth's kind of like a cyberpunk shithole with nothing but smog. And like there's a paradise on the moon. That have been sort of like people, presumably. Well, it's not so much rich people. It's kind of like a colony that was formed to try and like, and they've got all these like strict rules that are different, and they're very peaceful. Mm. It's kind of like a cult, but the whole point is is to learn like how they live up there to then improve life everywhere okay, yeah. by following their example, kind of thing. But there's yeah, there's corruption, blah blah blah, right? Oh, yeah. um, so the show wasn't very good. It was pretty sloppy written and all these other things, but. Uh, the only reason why this is an interesting cancellation is that it had already been renewed and they've changed their mind and cancelled it. <laughs> Ooh, that's rough. Yeah. I feel for anyone working on that who thought they had another year, year's paycheck coming in. I know. 
Um, so yeah, AMC uh, across the board are laying off like twenty percent of its staff. They're they're doing a lot of like restructuring right now, and this is what's led to this. Like they're they're writing off shows, even ones that had already I'm, renewed. So I'm not surprised because it doesn't fit what I think of as what is the the typical AMC show right now, which kind of still follows in that you know Breaking Bad, Sons of Anarchy mold of the kind of mm. morally grey kind of. Now, I don't necessarily think this would have affected it, but I am glad Saul finished before this happened, just just in case. Yeah, just in yeah. case, just in case. But you see that that fits in the uh, the AMC mold of what you know their standard show is right now, and mm. has been for you know a good decade. Yeah, well there you go. Uh, oh, you bunch of the Mandalorian. We got a premiere date for season three. Uh, it's coming on the first of March, obviously twenty twenty three. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, we've got Bad Batch starting. I can't remember if that's late December or early January. I'm yeah. sure that was announced like a month or two ago, and I talked about it. I told you about yeah, it. Then. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but my point is that'll probably run more or less. Kind of exactly into that, oh, I imagine. I, I think Disney would like nothing more than for Marvel and Star Wars to always have one show each on. Why, why wouldn't they want that, right? I, I'm pretty sure that's what they want. Uh, also, uh, just, just while we're on Star Wars, very briefly, uh, I finished the last episode of Andor. Uh, I, I know I'm like a week late, but I, I watched it yesterday, and very good, very good season overall. I, I would say comfortably the best Star Wars show right now. Um just uh, on the fact that I think it's the most accessible to non-Star Wars fans as well. I think it's, I just think it's the best written show and there is absolutely no kind of, oh, look at these Easter eggs. I mean, there, there's some like set design, just like costuming things that are like in the background, but absolutely none of the plot, dialogue, characters, reference, kind of anything at all. I mean, I thought the first episode was pretty good for what it was. I still I didn't come back, but... <laughs> Like... I think it's actually like, it's a vi- it's not just a good Star Wars show because obviously I'm gonna enjoy most of those anyway. I think it's a very good season of just sci-fi TV. Okay, uh, we got a premiere date for that '90s show. I forgot that was coming. Yeah, January nineteenth. This is Netflix, so uh, <sighs> good luck. It's got name recognition though. Mm. Um, it does. It's actually and and and. and nostalgia for the 90s is high right now yeah when when did uh this that 70s show end was it probably about like they started to has it actually been 20 years since the end of that show i, th- I think we worked out it yeah. was going to be roughly the same kind of yeah. distance away from yeah that's right okay uh so yeah i mean i don't have much i, I was never that into that 70s show it never really did much for me but uh have at it no, but, but this will hit all your 90s nostalgia buttons so oh yes very maybe yeah. Um, so, uh, we got a trailer. We got a few trailers actually, but there's one that uh, sticks out that we should talk about, and that is Gen V, which is the spinoff to The Boys. Uh, so it's a very, it's very much a teaser, and it's a lot of quick cuts of just characters and outrageous violence, and not Action much else. Set to music. But yes. I mean, it looks fine. I'm, I'm waiting for an actual trailer with some substance to it. To but. I'm not worried because the boys have such a great track record at this point that I'm 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 confident in them. I'm feeling and nothing about this looked bad, certainly. It looked yeah. like it had the same outrageous kind of sense of like adult tone and humor and violence and all that stuff. 
as long as it still has some semblance of heart and character to back that up, like oh, the boys sure. does. Um, and I'm I'm pretty sure you know the, the people writing that show are aware that that is what well, it's not just the hyper violence that, that people yeah. are there for. I think that they know what makes it function as a story as well. So I'm sure that'll translate across this. I'm not worried. Yeah. And you know what? I am so happy that they didn't call it the boys Gen V. I, I applaud them for that. I can respect that, yeah. Just just put put some things in the trailer that make it clear. And you see that in the trailer, you see a bit of A-Train, like his photo on the, the vending yeah, machine. And it'll be really easy still on, on you know, on your advertising banners from Amazon. Yeah, whether yeah, that's, yeah. Whether that's online or like, you know, on the side of a bus or whatever. Yeah, just, just, just it'll put be it. really easy to say, ah, eh, spin off from the boys or yeah, whatever, you know. In the world of the boys or something. Yeah, yeah whatever. It's, it's, it's easy. Yeah, uh, but you can do that with season one. Then you don't need to do it ever again. You can just it can just be on its own. Yeah. Uh, so cool. Uh, but yeah, no, it looked uh, looks uh, solid enough. Uh, this is an early teaser, seemingly, because I think this is probably not coming till like late spring, maybe summer. Yeah, it just said twenty twenty three. I would not be surprised if it takes that kind of early summer slot that the boys mm. has typically kind of fallen into. Yeah, yeah, I would uh, concur with that. Uh, I'll just mention uh, there was a trailer for Witcher Blood Dragon, or not Blood Dragon, <laughs> Witcher Blood Origin, uh, which is a spin-off. I didn't watch it because no one cares what I think of a spin-off to a yeah, show that I gave I, up on after one episode. But I didn't watch this trailer. I watched the first one they put out. I'll probably watch it. It's you know, it's, I think this is the Michelle Yeoh one, and it lo- it looks like a fantasy show. I'm not, you know, and I think it's coming on. I want to say it's coming like Christmas Eve, something like that. Uh, I think it's the twenty sixth. I think it's the day after Christmas. Is it okay? Um, I knew it was around Christmas time. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll probably watch it. Uh, and then the other trailer we got, which I, I did watch and we'll mention a bit, is uh, the Last of Us got a, a new sort of more full trailer with a bit more plot and character in it, and uh, you know, again more sequences from the game that you can kind of recognise. Although notably, there's a couple of characters that I didn't recognise uh, from the game where I'm like, I, don't, I have no idea what this segment is. There'll probably be another new trailer next week because I know. You got the the two main actors showing up at Game Awards. So That's true. I'm yeah, surprised if there's a trailer to go with that. Yeah, uh, there was a bunch of movie trailers this week from Brazil Comic Con. I don't know if that's also led to some of these things, but possibly. But uh, yeah, I mean, it looks good. There's like snippets of um, just like Joel and Ellie talking to each other, and the lines don't even necessarily match lines that were in the game, but you definitely get the same relationship from them. Uh, there's a joke in the trailer uh, where. It's clearly early on. I think this is very late on spoilers because the premise of the show is that he has to travel a girl who's immune, right? That's the that's the premise. That's the premise, right? Yeah. And so there's a scene in the trailer, which is clearly from near the start, probably episode one, where it's uh, Tess, I think it's her name, uh, say, you know, take this girl, and it's just been explained to him that she's immune, and he's she's shown her the shown him the bait, and he's like, if she even like twitches, you know, implying that if he even thinks for a second she's not actually immune, he's, he'll, he'll just kill her, right? And immediately Ellie just starts doing an impression of a clicker, and it, it, it's kind of funny. Definitely wasn't in the game. That was not in the game, no. No, but I, <laughs> uh, that is, I, I would say, definitely on point as yeah. you know, na- nailing those characters because it could have been in the game and you wouldn't yeah. blink an eye at that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's a couple of little quick exchanges. I was like, I don't remember that line of dialogue, but it does sound like them as well, which is good. So. Uh, yeah. And you see some other characters that you may recognize from the game, and uh, there's even a small uh, Troy Baker <laughs> cameo. He's like, just as a, there should be. Yeah, yeah he's just kind of in there. He's a he's kind of like a henchman to some like a, a more important character. Uh, so no, it looks good. There's a tease at the end of one of the bigger monsters. Uh, 
from the game as well, which looked good. So, yeah. I, I didn't watch the trailer, but mainly not not because of anything against the show. Just I'm, I'm sure regular viewers know I, I tend to only really watch one trailer of something and uh, at least one proper trailer. And I, I did feel like the first last trailer we got was enough to give me, you know, okay, I know what to expect. Yeah, I think when you know, if you've played the game all the way through, you know the story as well. You don't need as much of a selling point. I think what's getting me about watching it is that it looks very high in production value and directing quality. It looks good, just visually. Well, it's your, uh, is this one that's your your Chernobyl guy, right? Well, rating, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Maybe I'll have to double check as a director. I'm not sure on director. I I think it might be, because I feel like it is, because that was the part of Chernobyl I didn't like. Aye, because you're weird. Everyone else. Is uh, yes, I'm aware. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm aware. Look, I'm. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying I didn't like it. I just. Once in a while, it's just a something that just hits that is universally praised as one of the best things of the year, and you just sit there and go, "Eh." I'd love to love it. I'd. I'd love to be feeling the same thing that all of you guys. It did. doesn't want I'd, you I, I would have done. It doesn't no. want you anymore. No, it doesn't. But yeah, no, it looks good. Uh, this could actually be a genuinely great adaptation of a video game, which is... Hey, it had to happen eventually. Which is something. And even if you like Witcher, which I don't, that's an adaptation of the book series, Books, which came yeah. first. So that's not really I, I, I would say, I think The Witcher is quite a good TV show. Not like the best show ever, but I think it's a quite good fantasy TV show. Mm. I think it's a pretty good adaptation of the books from what I've read. Um. Yeah, but it's an adaptation of the books, so it's irrelevant in this conversation. Yeah, it's funny because I, you know, the, the new Mario trailer came out for the movie uh, this past week, and like it looks like it's doing what it needs to do. It, you know, it's, it's got like there's a bit of Mario Kart in there. There's some cameos from other Nintendo things, and you know, it's it's doing a lot of things that is going to please Mario fans in there. I have heard the trailer looks. I, I've not seen it, yet, but I've uh, heard generally positive opinions, more so than I think I expected from. Yeah. Um, notable, there wasn't a lot of Mario talking, though, and that's what people are, <laughs> I think, most concerned about is the Chris Pratt factor. But yeah, um, the reason why I'm bringing it up is that I think that what Mario, that that movie that's coming out next year, and what this Last of Us TV show has in common is that they both pick the right home for what they are and what they where they should be. A HBO show is the perfect place for a Last of Us adaptation, just like a CGI animated film is the perfect place. For a Super Mario adaptation, yes, 100%. and uh, that said, though it will not be as good as the Bob Hoskins classic, nineteen ninety three, science fiction extravaganza. Magnum Opus was the word I was going. To use. <laughs> Jesus, you're going that strong. <laughs> yep, sure. Uh, hey, I guarantee this. It, like, I think the new film will be fine. I bet it won't be as memorable, yeah. It will not be... Well, I was going to use the word, it will not be as interesting as that 1993 film. Do you know what? I have lots of criticisms about that movie. <laughs> lots. Many, many criticisms. Not being interesting is definitely not one of them. This new film will be it'll be what fans want, and it'll, it'll be nice and safe. It'll be safe and cosy. And it might be good. It may be, yeah, it may be very, very good. Will's been safe and cosy, but that 1993 film is not safe, nor is it cosy. <laughs> it is a wild ride of a movie. Uh, anyway, let's go some other TV news here. Uh, so we got uh, Dune the Sisterhood, uh, just some casting for it, but the one that's notable is Mark, Mark Strong has been added to the cast. 
cool. along with uh, Jade Anuka from His Dark Materials and Small Axe and Chris Mason from Broadchurch and Dirty John. Uh, so yeah, so that, that's, that's, that's going along nicely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adding I the cast. They're going to shooting. Yeah. yeah Marshall's good. Uh, so, good stuff. Um, this is an interesting one, actually. Uh, so, apparently, Warner Brothers Television uh, are close to closing a deal. So, it's not quite done yet, but they're apparently close to closing a deal with Amazon for DC animated IP. Which is interesting because they have their own service called HBO Max. Yeah. Yeah, but they also don't seem to be too interested in producing too much content for HBO Max. They, they, but, yeah, yeah, we, they we spoke yeah, about this true. recently. Yeah, um, yeah. With animation, uh, it used to be about staying in the house, but now we're doing it at different platforms. Uh, this comes from uh, Ch- Channing Dungy. Dungy's uh, was at the news that content London stating the studio is exploring animated IP on different platforms. Um, Including HBO Max, but apparently the deal is as close as uh, with Amazon, so they'll be making a variety of animated things potentially for Amazon. Look, I mean, whatever, whatever deal works out for them with that, if they think they can get more money out of it that way, why not? Like film studios have been doing this for decades. Oh sure, yeah. So th- there's no reason why they shouldn't. You know, it, once you factor in the deals, that'll include maybe some royalties as well. You know, they yeah. might get more out of it than they would on HBO Max, where they've just got their flat subscription fee. Yeah, it's the dream of, like... The, the one positive to, to them all having their own streaming service was the idea that, well, at least their entire library would just always be there on their service. And yeah. that, that... I feel like that dream is just crumbling and burning in a fire before our eyes, as they're all realising, shit, this isn't sustainable. It's actually better if another streaming service co-finances something somehow like the hollywood accounting kicks in and somehow all these wires being mixed up and crossed makes it work yeah so yeah exactly it's because it's more than one revenue stream even if they don't own it like because they're limited on the on the subscription fees by by getting money from other people as well yeah sometimes it works out that you know you get more profit that way yeah um so i don't know uh but yeah, uh, so next up, we have uh, some interesting top tens to look at. Well, one uh, in particular, but we've, we've got past years to compare it to. So this is from OTT Video Market Tracker, who track, this is specifically the US, uh, the most used streaming services. Okay, has right. Netflix fallen down? So we've got the top ten, and for the first time ever since... I guess they started tracking this. It's Netflix, not Netflix at number one. It's not number one. It's fallen to number two. Netflix, because so I've got 2019, 2020, and 2021 as well here. Oh, are you wanting to guess? Hold on a sec. Right. So Netflix was number one in the last like three years, probably more than that, but certainly the last three years. Um, and Prime was number two the last three years. Interesting. So I'm going to say Wildcard, and it's Disney Plus. No, nah, Prime's number one. Oh. <laughs> so. So no, so they've swapped. So they've swapped. But yeah, there's no no harm in guessing the rest here. What do you think number three is? Is it Disney Plus? If it's not Disney Plus, I think it'll be Apple. I think those are three and four. Number three is Hulu. 
I forgot about Hulu. I'm not going to lie. I forgot it existed. <laughs> What's interesting, though, is that Hulu was in number three in 2019 and 2020, but it swapped with something else last year, but then it swapped back this year uh, to Hulu being number three, which is which was just kind of interesting. So what do you think number four is? What do you, what do you think took over Hulu last year and has went back down to number four this year? Yeah. I'm thinking maybe Apple just because of the amount of like free subscriptions they give out. Disney Plus. <laughs> no, damn it. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder why. Because is that maybe some people bored of you know Marvel and Star Wars shows potentially this this year or um, it could maybe be. maybe it's just their price increase that they had. Yeah, and but obviously Hill- you know people are tougher this year. Yeah, I mean, Hulu and Disney get bundled. Maybe if there's enough people getting the bundles, and then there's just enough people who only want Hulu because they don't care about the Disney stuff. I, you know, it's that's possible. Uh, yeah, but there's a lot of like stuff that goes straight onto Hulu that airs on network TV that some people might care about, and that may get a big chunk of the audience as well. So there's there's a lot of reasons. It's interesting though that it's still competitive with Hulu. I mean, obviously Disney kind of own both, so they're 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 winning they're, here. They're raking it in either way. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think it's next? What do you think number five is? Is it Apple? No, HBO Max is number five. Oh, really? Yeah, they've been number five two years in a row. Uh, obviously, they didn't exist in 2020, uh, so... No, they wouldn't have done so that. They, so they weren't there. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to guess Apple every single one until, it's, until I'm right. Number six is ESPN+. Plus. I, I was never going to think of that. Probably not. Number seven. Is it Apple? Paramount Plus. <laughs> what? No, no, I don't believe this. This can't be true. There is no way Paramount Plus has more subscribers than Apple. They've got the, they got the Star Treks and they got uh. No, no, I don't believe it. They got Yellowstone. <laughs> no, no, I don't believe it. Number eight. <laughs> is it Apple? It's Apple TV Plus. <laughs> Uh, number nine is actually the first time this one's cracked onto the top ten. I've got it. Mm-hmm. It's Stan. <laughs> US. This is the US numbers. <laughs> it could still be Stan. It's what? that impressive. It's <laughs> an Australia-only service yet. <laughs> it's just that impressive. Number nine is Peacock. <laughs> Joe, I forget. Like always, I forget Peacock exists. Uh, and number ten, I don't think you'll ever get because you'll forget it probably has a streaming side as the stars as number ten. Uh, it has a dedicated streaming side. Uh, yeah, kinda. Yeah, I mean, because HBO technically had HBO like Go or whatever before. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, it, it is there. Mm. Um, but what's interesting is, so you know, I mentioned a few things there, right? So Peacock only made it out of the top ten for the first time. What do you think got kicked off 2020? Because otherwise it's the same things. They all nine are the same, right? That are there. What do you think got kicked off of 2021 to make room for Peacock? Was it that weird wrestling one that died? <laughs> no. <laughs> they wish they could make the top 10 ever. <laughs> yeah, I had it. Um... Another cable channel that has its streaming side. Uh, AMC? Nah, Showtime. Uh... Which I think is just getting folded into Paramount Plus now, to be honest. So, I mean, it's not even necessarily not relevant anymore. a failure. But what's yeah. interesting, though, is, you know, like, 2020 launched uh, Disney Plus. It also launched uh, HBO Max. It also launched Apple TV Plus. Um, 
it was CBS All Access at the time, but you know that was kind of still new. So I think 2019 is quite interesting to look at because all these things hadn't launched yet. So you've got Netflix, Prime, and Hulu, and then you get HBO now at number four. And you yes. got CBS All Access at number five, and that was that would have been pretty new because that launched in 2017. So it'd been a couple of years old, I suppose. But really, that's that's so technically, obviously, it's changed its name, but that's been that's five years old already. That's yeah, that long for Discovery. Yeah, right? start of 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Anyway, uh, you get stars at number six. You get Showtime at number seven. Uh, you get ESPN Plus at number nine. But number eight and ten are just like you know they they just get jettisoned away as soon as other things launched. And those are MLB TV, which okay. I assume which I assume still exists for its niche, but obviously just bigger, more broad things exist now. Uh, yeah. And ten Sling TV, which does still exist. I know it still exists, but uh, obviously yeah. can't compete with the big dogs. Once these other big things launched. I just yeah, thought that was yeah. interesting. They, they, they haven't got Disney money to be slapping around. No. Uh, so yeah, it's it's it's, it's very consistent. Uh, and for the first time, Netflix has been bumped for the top spot uh, in Prime. I'm not surprised by that. I think as well with Prime, it's worth always remembering many people, myself included, do not get just Prime video. They of get course, yeah. the full Prime package, you know, with the you know, the delivery perks and everything else that that comes with. So that does boost their numbers pretty significantly. And it's worth mentioning, there's a package for Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus together. And, like, so that that kind of, and you know, boosts all their numbers a little bit because some people say, oh, go on, I'll take all three then. For an extra couple of dollars, you know, whatever it is per add-on. Yeah, so, you know. So I thought it was interesting to look at, and you can see which one's kind of... Uh, yeah, Paramount been above Apple. is a, a little surprising, I suppose, in some ways, but at the same time, Apple doesn't have the back catalogue. So... I mean, that's true. But I, I would say maybe, maybe this is just the circles that we tend to run in a little bit more. I see people talking about Apple shows significantly more than I do any... Oh, so do I, but... Uh, I think this is, yeah, it's a different audience, a more mainstream audience, yeah. maybe like Paramount Plus more. And that's just yeah. how it is. Uh, but that'll take us on to the new shows we're going to talk about, the new dramas. So, uh, buckle in for this. I guess there are some, yeah. Uh, so, Scarlett Johansson is going to star an executive producer in Just Cause. No, it's not based on the video game. Damn it. <laughs> Just in case that's where your mind was going. That was literally the first place my mind went. Yeah. It's a thriller limited series based on John Katzenbach's 1992 novel. Uh, it's a competitive situation. Um... This landed at Amazon Studios with a straight-to-series order at Prime. Uh, so they've got another big, you know, star in a, in a limited series. Uh, so Well, they've got money to be thrown around, clearly. Apparently, yeah. Um, so in the TV adaptation, the book's male protagonist, uh, Miami newspaper editorial writer Matt Cowart, will be undergoing a gender swap, and instead it'll be a female character played by Johansson, playing the series' female lead, Madison Maddie Cowart. A struggling reporter for a Florida newspaper sent to cover the final days of an inmate on death row. Um, and she has kind of a connection to this because when she was 10, she appeared in the 1995 uh, movie adaptation of this as like like a daughter of someone. <laughs> so she's actually got like a, a connection to the start of her career to this. Fair enough. It's, it's obviously a very dry description. Yes. But I think, you know, with a good direction, and I would assume a good performance. Say what you want about her. She's a good actress. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I, see, when I first read this earlier, I kind of 
misunderstood what it said at first. And I thought, <laughs> I thought she was taking another problematic. You know how she got a lot of flack for uh, yes, the show, yes. right? Yeah. I, I, th I thought she was playing a trans character, and I thought, oh, this is a bold choice given like some of the controversy you've had. And I was, oh no, no, they're, they're just changing the character from the book. It's not <laughs> the character yeah. themselves. Is okay? And yeah. I was like, okay, that's fair enough. No, no one's going to cry because a, a white dude got replaced with a woman. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> no, people, people can celebrate that. I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, uh, I, I say that there are assholes in there. No, no, there will but, be, yeah. You know what I mean. Like the, uh, the thing is, the assholes on the internet who will complain about those things probably don't care about this project. No, no. See, this doesn't have uh, robots in it or superheroes. Yeah, or, yeah exactly. So yeah. I think we're good. Or proton packs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So it may end up in a special kind of thing, but obviously it's a bit of a dry uh, read on its own. It uh, is, but I can, uh, you know, with uh, trailer depending will determine whether I watch it, but I can see it being a really good show. Yeah, uh, so next up we got Cynthia Arrival, Arri sorry, Cynthia Arrival and Rennie Zellweger are teaming up. Uh, Arrival's going to be in it, as well as producing it, Zellweger's just producing. Um, cool. So this is coming from MGM and it's in the works at Apple TV. So uh, the project's in the early script stages. Uh, Arrival's going to be leading as a neuropsychologist wanted for fraud, kidnapping, and murder. Throughout the series, her public fall from grace will have question marks hanging over it, whether she was the victim of a dark conspiracy or is in grave danger to the government and society. So. Okay. Um, yeah. Again, it's a sort of thing where it's just a bit of a generic sounding thriller. Sounds a bit dry, but again you, good direction yeah yeah she, she's been she's a good actress in what i've seen her in here or there you know yeah. she was the probably one of the best things about that otherwise pretty dull outsider tv show we did way back oh god yeah i forgot about that yeah i was pretty dull yeah and i think in, in terms of we, you know we were just talking in the streaming services about um keeping things not in-house as much uh mgm obviously you know i think they're run by uh, amazon now right they are in fact amazon i think just restructured mgm's tv department in some way yeah, and, so. and here they are producing content for apple it's a funny world, it's it a funny is, world. Which, which just tells you that clearly this this in the long term makes them more money right yeah uh next up uh best-selling author david baldacci's atley Payne book series so the the books the atley Payne series uh is heading to television. Amazon Studios is developing the untitled drama based on the novels, written and executive produced by Aisha Carr uh, from Government Cheese. Never heard of it, but it nope. sounds interesting. And, uh, money on the uh, the name just being the title of the first book. Uh, very possibly, yes. Uh, yeah. I don't know if this is the first book that's on this image, but it's, it says Long Road to Mercy. That's not a bad title for, for a show. Yeah. Uh... But, uh, yeah, so it follows an exceptional FBI agent, uh, Atlee Payne, as she finds herself at a crossroads in her life and career. Mm. <laughs> she has to go back to solve the one case that has shaped her entire existence. Please the disappearance of her twin sister no, 30 no, years no, ago. No, 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 <laughs> Well, it definitely crossed the lane. <laughs> See, that's not even personal and professional. I mean... It kind of is in, in function, but not in wording. But it is the hometown return. And, and also uh, kind of the dark secret thing you're passed through as well. Like, it's, it's kind of the secret of who... I need to drink for this. ...killed her sister. Yes, go, get yeah, drink for it, yes. Yeah, how many times? Uh, 
mean, <laughs> well, you, you kind of got half the person professional, so I should say two overall, and we'll call we'll it there. Two. All right. All right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so for those of you who are joining us for the first time, there's a few like tropes that show up in these show descriptions that Connor will take a drink for. Um, any sort of version of professional and personal life uh, being described. Uh, someone returning to their hometown for some reason, or something to, or from their youth perhaps, as a, maybe a straight stretch of it, or uh, uh, something unveiling a secret from their past in some or way. Or a family secret. Or a family secret, yes, which this obviously yeah. is, is falling under, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there you go. Uh, <sighs> I've show and i got two drinks already. <laughs> no, this was like the third show. Oh yeah, but like, the first one to hit oh, okay, it, right, it, yeah. it gives me two, we're only like a sentence in. Yeah, so, I mean, that's been Amazon Studios means this might be more interesting than, even though I can see it being on, like, Fox or CBS or... If if this was a description of any network show, I'd be like, yep, yeah, yeah. that wouldn't feel out of place at all. Yeah. Uh, well, Netflix are still making stuff because they've got Robert De Niro in his first TV role <laughs> coming up. Uh, he's going to star and executive produce on a limited series called Zero Day uh, from Eric Newman and Noah Oppenheim. Uh, so it's in development. Uh, they're keeping the details secretive, but apparently De Niro's going to play a former US president in a political thriller. So, Okay. But, I mean, obviously that's not much to go on, but I can see De Niro in that role. He's, just, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a big name. That's a big yeah. deal. So, uh, There you go. Um, so that is that. And then next up, we're getting an adaptation of a young adult suspense thriller called We Were Liars. Uh, e. Lockhart is the writer of the, the, the books, um, and it's landed uh, at Amazon. Uh, Julie Pleck and her My So-Called Company banner and Universal Television are developing it, uh, along with the Vampire Diaries co-creator... Uh, well, that's where sorry, the co-creator is based. Uh, Julie Peck is. So, uh, yeah, Amazon Prime Video is taking on the project and has set up a writer's room for it. Um, we Were Liars is a tragic love story and an amnesia thriller set on a privately owned island off the coast of Massachusetts. Focusing on the theme of consequences of one's mistakes, the series follows the wealthy, seemingly perfect Sinclair family who spend every summer sitting gathered on their private island. However, not every year is the same when something happens to Cadence during the summer of her 15th year at, I hate how this is worded, Worded. Mm-hmm. Uh, she and the other three liars, Johnny, Gat, and Marin, Gat, uh, re-emerged two years later to prompt Cadence to remember the incident. <laughs> I don't know if that counts a secret from the past. Uh, nah, I mean, it, um, yeah, no. Nah, it, it sounds like that's the prologue, and I mean, if the pro- if it said during our childhood, it jumped ahead like ten years, then I'd say it would maybe count, but mm, two years, yeah. Mm. Uh, I, yeah, I, like, in her 15th year, I'm like, yeah, I hate this. I, I hate yeah, this from the description. Yeah, I'm, I'm never watching this. You might, but I'm not. Well, not by choice. Well, I didn't say by choice, but you might still watch it. Um, all right, it's next up. sometimes, isn't it? Riley Cool from The Terminal List is going to star and executive produce in a show for Hulu, a limited series, called Under the Bridge, uh, which is based on a book by Rebecca Godfrey. Uh, so nothing to do with the... Red Hot Chili Peppers. Song. Oh, the first thing my mind went to as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Cole will play the late author Godfrey in the adaptation of the 1997 true story of the 40-year-old Rena Virk, who went to join friends at a party and then never returned home. In the book, Godfrey takes readers into the hidden world of the seven teenage girls and a boy accused of savage murder, revealing the startling truths about the unlikely killer. So. Sounds very generic. Yeah. It's just murder mystery, basically, right? But, like, hey, look, it's all these teenagers. Yeah, true, the true crime knows it's, it's, uh, it's a hot commodity. Uh, it is. I still don't, I don't get it. I don't. I don't. I just don't understand the appeal. Mm. I'm yet to see any true crime thing that I'm like, ah, okay, I'm convinced. But maybe one day, maybe, maybe this will be. No, this won't be the thing. Yeah, not for me. I don't think either. But you never know. I mean, this is not a thing where again, executions, everything. No pun intended. Yeah. Uh, so uh, next up, Daisy Ridley is going to star and executive produce in a series uh, based on a best-selling novel called The Christie Affair. Uh, the writer of this will be Julia uh, Tohidi, uh, and the original author is Nina Di Gramont. So, uh, Miramax TV is the one behind this. It's a murder mystery. In 1926, when her husband's affair became public, Agatha Christie vanished for 11 days. In this reimagining told through the eyes of her husband's mistress, uh, uh, Nan Odia, uh, played by Ridley, Nan and Agatha become entwined in each other's lives in ways neither expected. Yeah, I've seen so many things set in those 11 days. And... I've never heard of this 11 day period, but sure, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it, it's a thing. I, I, I'm pretty sure like, I've, I've even seen some of the debunked have been like, there wasn't even like 11 days, it was just, it, it's some days that that aren't quite accounted for in her, like, diaries or whatever, you know, something like that. You know, it's just like, yeah, well, it was probably nothing, is the general consensus. But, <laughs> of course, there, you know, there are conspiracies and stories, because why wouldn't there be, right? And, yeah, yeah. Um, this sounds really trashy. <laughs> Perfect for an act from Star Wars, then. Hey, she's good. And also, she was posting on uh, Instagram this week. Um, maybe she wasn't there this week, but she was posting pictures that showed her at Lucasfilm. Uh, I don't think she was pictures of herself there, just, you know, like, of uh, they've got, like, a Yoda statue in, like, the lobby or whatever, and, you know, she's po posting pictures of it, and it's like, ooh, lot of speculation that she's there in talks to be doing something and and uh, there's a lot of speculation of it being tv show related and, and her being uh you know, i feel like you just added in the speculation of it being tv related just to justify why you brought it up on this no and uh, no i actually i actually didn't but th that is the the primary speculation is that because obviously right now disney seem a lot less interested in star wars movies than they do star wars tv right uh, uh and, true, and true. you know thing, things could change M maybe it is a, a movie they've got in mind but she has voiced some of the animated stuff already for the TV and like yeah, like the YouTube stuff that they've done in the last few years. So there is a a reason to think that it is probably leaning towards a TV project. If if it's anything at all, I mean, you know, you never know. It could be nothing. You know, as someone who's not passionate about Star Wars and is kind of sick, was sick of hearing about it quite quickly once it came back. Mm -hmm. Them ballsing up the movies so badly that they just didn't want to make it anymore after the. I'm impressive that they managed it. I'm like, 
I couldn't have imagined in my wildest dreams that they would accomplish that. To the, to the point where I've now went three years with no new Star Wars movie, and there's none on the horizon. Like, if there's- the next one has to be at least two years away, and that's if they announce it, like, right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they did announce a few, and we were meant to get the, uh... The Jenkins one, right? yeah. the Pi one, but then that went to shit. Yeah, nothing shooting. Everything's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've just swapped out their CEOs again at Disney, so, I mean, who knows what's going on over there with decisions getting made, so... Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, God knows, but... I, I'm just on a personal note on that, I'm okay with it, because I... Every single one of my favourite Star Wars projects has been TV, not film. Really. Like, so, I'm okay with it. Ah, like the holiday special, that was TV. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's top three Star Wars material. Hmm. Definitely the top three things that George Lucas has ever written. That's not a joke, that's just kind of almost factual. It's very harsh. I mean... I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm kind of throwing, like, uh, Return of the Jedi under the bus a little bit with that, but... <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Maybe fourth, maybe fourth's a better... Uh, anyway, uh, so next up, uh, George Stefan Opot... Stephanopoulos, 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 I believe it is. Stephanopoulos, there you go. George Stephanopoulos. There's just there's too many layers in that word. Like what the there hell? There is. Yeah. How dare you? And Ali Wentworth have launched a new production company called Bed by Eight, and they've got two scripted projects already in the works, uh, right out of the gate. So uh, the first one's called Let's Not Do That Again. And it revolves around Nancy Harrison, who is about to win the Senate race until her daughter Greta makes headlines throwing a bottle of champagne through a uh, bistro's window. Or a bistro, sorry. Bistro? Bistro? You know, in Paris. Bistro. Bistro. Okay. A bistro's window in Paris. Her floundering son Nick, desperate to escape the family's career clutches and focus on his uh, Joan Didion musical... Must what? Must first help Nancy clean up the pieces. As the wreckage keeps growing, Nancy and her children are forced to reckon with extremist protesters, powerful New York socialites, but worst of all, each other. Hmm. <laughs> yep. So oh, there, was, there was a point halfway through that description. I was like, "Oh shit, I see where this is going." Yeah, just pivoted into personal just to the end there. I did. I was, it was just like the, the the way it was worded. It was like, uh, "I'm starting to get a feeling," and it went there. It oh, went there. Not not that you can't make shows about like people in like a rich class or uh, you know, but I just all I could think when I was reading this is that this is so unrelatable to like most people, <laughs> like. So, so much of yeah. this was just, I don't know, just the, the way it was written just made it all sound a bit hoity-toity and like, we're us follow yeah. these rich people. The sun's putting on a play. Like, yeah, that sounds like, I don't know, Bridget on. That was stupidly popular. I suppose. I suppose. Uh, the other one, there's less about this one in terms of description, but it's called Intelligence. What do you think Intelligence is about? Nothing good. It's about people who work in the basement... Uh, known as the mines of the CIA. <laughs> that's it. That's all we've got for that. Sure, this isn't a CBS show. <laughs> it may end up. I mean, there's no networks attached to these. This could end up at CBS. Yeah. 
That's got that's got CBS written all over. Why would you call? Why would you call it until you've got a better title? You just said that you've nicknamed it the Mains. That's a better title. That goes, oh, the Mains. What's that? And then it's like, oh, it's the Mains of the Seattle. Like, there's there's at least a bit of intrigue with that title. It sounds like mm-hmm. something. Intelligence just, just sounds like the most generic title for a CIA show ever. And they 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 really assume because every poster they ever do, intelligence has to be dead center. <laughs> uh, in, in their graphic design. Otherwise, someone's messed up. All right, next up. Uh, all right. NBC, we're on NBC show. NBC is developing a drama series, um, Eliza Starts a Rumor, based on the book of the same name by Jane L. Rosen. From executive producers Wendy Strakerhauser, Dana Honor, and Liz Astroff. Uh, so, got an overall deal with Universal, so they're working with Universal Television. Not surprising, it's NBC. Uh, Emily starts a ru- sorry. I just changed the name to Emily there. Eliza starts a rumor will follow a group of women in a small town, Hudson Valley, who are affected by an anonymous rumor on a mummy blog about an affair. What starts as an innocent attempt to stay relevant snowballs into a series of events that reveal secrets, fears, and ultimately an unlikely friendship between four women at different ages and stages of parenthood. It never went professional, so you... It didn't, no. Yeah, it was very personal the whole time. It was. Your face when you had to say, uh, mummy blog. <laughs> was, uh, was priceless, though. I didn't feel like I put on a face, but... Uh... No, 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 you did, and I, I you could feel the, the disdain coming through <laughs> your voice. So like, what, what is this shit? As if you've never heard of mum's net. I have not heard of mum's net. Have you not? Oh. oh, it's 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 huge. It's like, it it's just this. It's it's a thing where, you know, mums post questions and like it's like a forum. It's it's it's, it's an old school internet forum that somehow still goes. Okay, uh, it's a shame uh, a series of unfortunate events has already taken place because the description was really sounding like it's a series of unfortunate events. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but hey, uh, what are you gonna do? Uh. And you know what? I'll you know I'll give it. It's very obviously it's very simple and descriptive. But Eliza starts a rumor is a much better title than most things on CBS. Oh, hundred percent. It is something. It gives me something. I, it even gives you a sense of tone. I would yeah, say. yeah. So maybe a slight sense of humor to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, ABC next. Uh, they've given it a pilot order for a a legal show <laughs> uh, from Charm showrunner Joy Falco. Uh, based on this photo, I'm going to assume it's the newer version of Charmed because he looks far too young to have been showrunning something in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Falco, who also wrote Sleepy Hollow and Heroes Reborn. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> I, I really like the first season and a half of Sleepy Hollow. I don't know which, and part, then, and, I don't know which part he wrote. But, uh, it's maybe for, like season and two thirds. And then uh, they ended. They got to the point where they're like, yeah, this is the story. We're done. And then they went, no, you're not. Do some more. The series plays out over two timelines. Hmm. Wait, was there a... Oh, Judgment. I was like, did I say a title? It is buried in there, but it wasn't like... It's a generic title. Yeah, it's very, very generic. It plays out over two timelines. 15 years from now, a woman being vetted for a Supreme Court seat <laughs> i'm so sorry a supreme court seat uh, i just i laughed at supreme court because I, I didn't read this earlier and i'm just laughing and that's what the premise is because there's, there's been a lot of talk of the supreme court recently uh but yeah so i'm going to be invited for the supreme court 
uh, recounts her experience at a prominent DC law firm in 2023, which is obviously present day when this comes out, uh, yep. where the only thing more controversial than the cases was her messy love life. <laughs> Caught between two feuding brothers. Now, <laughs> it's not even just that she's got, like, we've got a personal and professional. She's in like a, 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 a love triangle Ooh. with two brothers. That's, oh, this is just, uh, mwah. This is like the chef's kiss of shit. <sighs> no. You know what? This is so, like you say, chef's kiss of shit. I think I need to drink something nicer than the usual swill to, to, <laughs> to respect the, the effort that this is going to. I'm not even done yet. Now, with the Supreme Court seat on the line, all of her darkest secrets are at risk of coming out, threatening her nomination, her reputation, and her marriage! <laughs> Hang on. That's double personal and professional. Yes. And darkest secrets. Oh, kind of, yeah, because it's all about the secrets coming out, because it's got the framing device of the future timeline. Yeah. You're right, you're right, kind of, yeah. I'm not even drink. You know what, hang on a second. I'm going to get something I'm gonna, some, something nice out for this. Oh, oh, oh my. We're breaking out the, uh, the, the expensive booze, apparently. I mean, in a way, it's a good thing that it's not catching all the clanking of the balls, but I do think for comedy's sake, if we heard nothing but clanking right now as Connor's rummaging through what I can only assume is a crate full of numerous bottles of booze it would add a lot to this moment can give you some clanking <laughs> yeah now uh i i'm gonna pull out the uh this, this is a, a jura 16 year that has been discontinued so you, you can't even oh buy this anymore oh my that's 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 how much i respect the effort that that this <laughs> damn thing went to and a, and a love triangle with two brothers and it gave us two professional like other than saying the exact phrase personal and professional life it gave us two textbook examples of that uh sentiment textbook what's textbook but yeah that's judgment and development and at abc was, and that was a damn fine drink oh sorry <laughs> that... pilot, pilot order sorry it was a pilot order at abc yeah all right. So we got three CBS stories to, uh, <laughs> to to finish with. I wanted to get up early tomorrow to watch some football. For, for, <laughs> first up, this one just says CBS Studios, so it's probably CBS. But you know, uh, just I'm just yeah. put, I'll put that out there. It doesn't say CBS the network. Uh, it's team, teamed with Damon Wayne Jr. to create a Baltimore set version of its African drama MTV Sugar. That's S-H-U-G-A, sugar. Uh, for, uh, oh, sorry, this is for Paramount Plus. Oh, I didn't even, uh, I just, I saw CBS Studios and shoved it in this part of the... It's a good job you clarified earlier, isn't it, that, oh, this yeah. may not be for CBS. Yeah, yeah, well, it turns out I was right, it's not for CBS. Uh, they are tied to Paramount Plus, though, so, you know, I don't, I don't feel so stupid. But, uh, anyway, so, yeah, um, yeah, Sugar Baltimore is what they're calling it. Uh, will follow the lives of six people seeking to find beauty in their futures while surviving in the rapidly tech-gentrifying Maryland City. Billed as a hyper-surrealist tale, the show is now in development with Greg Mellow Brown writing. Okay. That I, was I, I don't even know what <laughs> Boring <laughs> sounding. Yeah. I didn't have much going for it. Yeah, yeah, um... 
yeah i, I don't i don't have much to uh say but uh i, I was expecting more of a comedy because it's damon wayne's jr but it does specifically say drama so it does yeah uh you know fair play all right okay actual cbs we've got two cbs stories to wrap up with cbs is developing east west a medical drama from writer producer yalin tu who worked on ncis hawaii and M. Raven Metzner, who worked on Iron Fist. Oh, oh, oh. Bringing in the big guns now. Okay. Written by that pair, uh, East West revolves around a pair of newly connected half-siblings. One, an Asian-American medical doctor. The other, a Taiwanese traditional Chinese medicine practitioner who utilize their sometimes clashing, sometimes complementary Eastern and Western expertise to solve medical mysteries alongside a team of brilliant doctors. <laughs> oh, medical. Oh, the word medical I'll, was there a lot. Well, medical or medicine. Like, the, the, that popped yeah. up a lot in that paragraph. I'll, uh, I'll give him some credit for the title actually being not bad. The title makes sense for it, yeah. I think what gets me is, this is not a drinking rule trope, but there is a trope that it, it's like uh, siblings who didn't know each other, like, starting to either get to know each other or live together the last couple of years yeah there's a lot of that going on and this kind of falls into that a little bit uh but with the you know the boring medical drama being shoved down your throat the entire time they've got medical mysteries to solve (laughs) honestly a show called medical mysteries actually sounds quite catchy i'm that must have been done you, you would think it would have been. I feel like it's probably like a like a true story show, though. That... Yeah, it's more like a Mythbusters yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So as I point out, the ABC and NBC both made you drink, and CBS is now all, all in one, which is... Hey, they've got a shot here still. Yeah, yeah. They're not, C- not going to top that last one, though. Yeah. Well, nothing's ever topping that description of the beer, which is actually apparently a well-loved show that people like, but that description... I, I mean, yeah. Uh, which goes to say, we, we, we mock some of these descriptions, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're bad shows. No, 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 end. no. They could end up being really well-made shows, but... It's generic written yeah. descriptions. CBS is developing St. Mark's, a medical drama. <laughs> Back-to-back <laughs> medical dramas. From David Marshall Grant uh, from Million Little Things and Megan King-Kelly from Teenage Bounty Hunters. Um, I vaguely remember that starting. Yes. In St. Mark's, a Muslim chaplain reeling from a crisis of faith and a science-focused elite surgeon lead a team of... This this has become a CBS thing. It's it's a buddy doctor show, but one of them's from the East. It's a buddy doctor show, but one of them's a Muslim uh, chaplain. Yeah. What what the hell? It's it's, 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 uh, buddy doctors with clashing cultures. Yes, yes. It's culture clash. That's the thing, yes. Uh, So yeah, the uh, the elite team uh, of surgeons... Uh, doctors and blah 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 uh, and hospital chaplains <laughs> there's always a lot of them running around at one hospital and their attempts to heal the bodies and souls of the people of Minneapolis I feel like we just got two prime CBS descriptions but they just dodged all the drinking rules but, they they're, but they're, they're, they were both very CBS they were they were yeah and was, the thing is like the first pilots which was like the uh the Muslim chaplain of a crisis of faith in a hospital. I can see a really good drama with that as as your lead character, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you know, because th- there's a lot of potential there of, you know, this religious man surrounded presumably by people who are 
desperate for religion and finding it in their final moments often, right? You know, because that's, you know, a lot of people are, are terrified of dying all of a sudden and be like, oh shit, God, right? So I can see a really good drama in that juxtaposition of, of those positions. Just not on CBS. <laughs> no, no, not on CBS. Nothing could ever no, come ne Never CBS. on CBS. No, not, not in... I think CBS may have had a good sitcom or two in the 90s. That's maybe the last success they had. <laughs> I, I would give them the first season of Supergirl. Uh, okay, that's not like a, you know, knock out the park success, but yeah, sure. It's not, but I mean, it's better than where it ended. That's true. That said, though, I, I think given how sick I am of superhero TV and movies, I don't think that season one of Supergirl would even be a blip oh, on no. my radar at this point. It absolutely would not. But I'm just saying, I, I still think there were better seasons of it on the CW, like season like three, whatever that was. I think it was season three was a good one. But like by the end of the show, man, that first season looks almost gold in comparison, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, well, well there you go. That's the news. Ended on CBS. Uh, I really thought there might not be enough to do an episode this week, but uh, ended up in quite a meaty bunch. So that's... Uh... Yeah, we, we, we kind of rambled on a lot, but... That's a bit of rambling. Uh, you know, uh, we did our Go Weekly Netflix Shoe Bastards uh, conversation again. That uh, seems to be a recurring it, theme. It is getting repetitive at this point, but uh, they but, keep giving us shit to complain about. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, when the creators behind the content are clearly, like, investigating, like, the sh their own advertising on Twitter, it, it does beg the question that maybe some people are unhappy. I, I, it's like, cause I don't watch tons of stuff on Netflix. Enough that it's worth having, but not enough that I watch loads of their content. Mm. But I watch Midnight Mass, and I never got this, you know, pushed on my algorithm at all. They're too busy and, push, uh, yeah. pushing a... I, I don't know what stupid thing Netflix has got to... It's fine, they've got Dragon Age show coming like next week, so I'm good. Really? They have an animated Dragon Age. Oh, I'm animated. pretty sure that's in like the... Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's like next week. I know, I thought it was live action. I was like, how did I not know there was a live action Dragon Age coming? It's animated, it doesn't count, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, <laughs> if, if you didn't know about that, that'd be weird. Oh, wait, there we go. That's uh, that's this week's almost cancelled TV news. Um, there's always a couple of weeks off at Christmas. I don't know if that starts, like, how soon that starts. There might be enough news for a show next week. Uh... We'll see how it goes. Uh, but do, do be aware that at any point the news could dry up for the Christmas season uh, in the coming weeks. I'd, I'd say typically we usually get another week or two, but, you know. I just, yeah, I'm just warning everyone just in case there isn't one. Uh, don't worry, we'll be back swinging. Uh, whenever it does stop for Christmas, we'll be back swinging in January again. Yeah. Uh, but that is uh, that. Is that. Uh, but like I said earlier, you know, I finished reviewing all of 1899 season one. Uh, certainly, you know, big big final five minutes <laughs> they, they... which i'm assuming means some some cliffhangers which and netflix has presumably not renewed it yet oh there, 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 there's the yes it's, it's not finished <laughs> it's not in yeah. a neat bowl i'll, I'll say that shocking much. The, sorry the, the the creators of dark didn't leave something neat at mm. the end of a season yes yes uh so there's that uh also of note worth mentioning me and tara started reviewing the original quantum leap this week i uh, got a review at the first episode uh, we're going to be reviewing it whenever the new show is not on. It'll kind of take its place when it's on break. Uh, and then when it gets cancelled, it'll just be the, this one anyway. Aye, pretty much. That's the that's the plan. 
Uh, so maybe I'll go check out that, especially if you like that show. Uh, if you've not seen it before, maybe you want to watch along with us. Uh, you can go do that. But uh, uh, yeah, so you know, check that out. But uh, otherwise, though, that is uh, that is us. Uh, check out Melfuzz Movies, of course, as well for all the movie podcasts uh, over there. There's three main movie podcasts on that channel. All of them are available in podcast space as well. So go ahead and look at the YouTube channel, see what's available, and then if you want to get the audio versions, you can seek them out as well. Uh, but that is a show that has been uh, everything. You can support everything by liking, subscribing, down the bell for notifications, commenting down below, uh, rating the podcast on your Apple podcast app or wherever you get your podcast from. And of course, you can go to patreon.com slash TV and support us uh, for any amount every month to help keep all the content coming. But uh, that is us. That is the show. Thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV. Have you got any vanilla?